Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. How are you this fine, fine morning? I'm well. It's brisk. And uh, and you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, it Today's podcast is interesting because I feel like often we don't get to, you know, lead from one Sunday to another, from mm-hmm. one week to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, as you plan worship and as we plan worship together, they often relate to each other. We have sort sure. of an umbrella topic or, or point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week really feels like a conversation between the two Sundays, much like the conversation we're having now. Exactly. So what... What led you to sort of this being our podcast topic, or actually our message topic, mm-hmm. um, and and where do where where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? <laughs> I think sometimes it's a little frustrating that when you complete a message or a service of worship on one Sunday, you, in a sense, turn away from it yeah. almost immediately, sure, and start focusing on the next week, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's fine. That certainly happens in most congregations week to week. Right. But we're also missing something when that happens because one week's message or music uh, can easily inform what happens the next week. Mm-hmm. Right. So we thought for the message this week, it would be a conversation mm-hmm. and that we would find a way to keep the energy going so that there could be a bridge from last week's message, which focused on the strength to endure. Right. And next week's message, which is the strength to imagine. And obviously, this is part of this broader sermon series where we're exploring the various strengths that the church has to offer to the wider world. And I have to say, for two Sundays that we're linking endurance mm-hmm. to endure and to imagine or have imagination, don't seem like an obvious link. Right. I think you're going to have to lead us, <laughs> hold our hand What's through this. Because it's not, to me, that's not... That's not like it. Oh, I see the link. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. Obvious so connection. what's our entry point for that? Yeah. So I, I think part of the entry point was that as soon as I left the message, preparing the message last week, I, for some reason, was doing some reading about imagination. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, wait a second. How does endurance, uh, how is endurance fueled by imagination? Okay. That was really kind of the thought, because I think that uh, there's a there's a tendency to think about endurance as just a kind of a willful, you know, mm-hmm. effort that we make on our own part to see something through. We we grit our teeth, yeah. and we endure through it. Sure. Right. There's like a tension there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I was starting to think that maybe that's not actually the case that. People endure not just because they grit their teeth and survive through something, but they use their imaginations to do that. Okay. All right. That's you, much you, more optimistic. You with me? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you so far. So far, so good. Yeah. So the so the story that came to mind uh, is a story that I've actually talked about before, mm-hmm. and it, it bubbled up because it's an extraordinary story of endurance, which is also a, an extraordinary story of imagination. And it's by a ma- about a man named Colonel Robert Hall, who was a pilot in the United States Air Force. He flew combat missions over Vietnam, North Vietnam, and in 1965, his plane was shot down. And so he was imprisoned um, along with many other troops. And um, during that time, by the way, he was imprisoned for eight years. Oh, my goodness. So 
very long period of time. Wow. And he had to figure out how he was going to survive. And he was in college. He'd gone to the University of Mississippi. He was a very, very good golfer. So he decided to start off with that he would recreate in his mind the courses that he had played in college. Oh, wow. So day to day, I mean, he was not getting food. All sorts of horrible things were happening uh, where he was imprisoned. But at other times, he would find a way to go through each of these courses, and he would bring it down to the smallest possible detail. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would see himself cleaning his golf clubs. He would feel the you know, smell the grass, try to feel it under his feet, and he would play a full, uh, full round of golf. Wow. And then one, and that was working for him. And then one day he decided that he would actually uh, create his own golf course. And so he designed it from scratch. Wow. And then played it multiple times. And this is what, this is how he kept himself alive through that period of time, mm -hmm. a major way that he mm -hmm. used. And when he was released in 1973, he actually went back home and I think he had lost a hundred pounds during the course of that time. So he was really emaciated. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, after he'd been home, I think for about four or five months, he entered a golf tournament. I think it was the greater new Orleans open. Oh, wow. This was in 1973. I think that he played at the same level that he had played in college because mentally he played that particular course over and over. And I believe the winner of the 1973 New Orleans Open was Jack Nicklaus. Wow. So he was obviously very good. And yeah. he was interviewed multiple times. He eventually arranged many, many golf opportunities and tournaments that supported veterans. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was just this extraordinary story of using the imagination to help you endure. Yeah. And I've read other similar stories. And I think this is something that's important during the pandemic for us, because I know that when people have been socially isolated or not mm -hmm. able to get out, they have also spent time imagining trips that they are going to take. Yeah. Or imagining family reunions that they're going to host, mm -hmm. right? And they can see everybody around the table. They can smell the food. They can, they, they can imagine the menu, all of that. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's an underexplored resource here that we really need if we're going to be talking about endurance. Well, it speaks to the power of our imaginations to affect our physiology. Right. Yeah. Um, at, as a as a mu musical connection, actually, in college, my professor recommended that um, sometimes if you're sort of a little fatigued of practicing at the instrument, mm -hmm. you actually go and sit down at a table. You don't even have to like sit as if you're playing, mm -hmm. but just sit down at a table and read through the music and you'll actually feel oh, wow. the synapses in your hands and your, your feet firing Yep. Um, yep. as a way to use your imagination and you're kind of playing through the piece in your mind as a, as a technique for, for sort of getting yourself to where you need to be with oh. a piece of music of that's you know, remarkable. Where our mind leads, our bodies follow. Right. So it gets Isn't right it? into our muscles. Yeah. Right. And that's literally. what it helps us to yeah, endure. Absolutely. And I know that a lot of times uh, fitness instructors will actually encourage their clients to imagine the workout that they're going to have before they do it. Yeah. See themselves doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I think I'm going to try this just to see if I can motivate <laughs> myself to do the workout in the first place, let alone. Yeah. I've tried. I will admit I've tried that. It's backfired. All right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already exhausted. <laughs> try, try it again. Come back to it. I'll try it again. I'll give it a second <laughs> shot. 
so I, all this line of thinking then, then sort of pushed me a little bit farther along. And I realized, you know, most of the material that we have in the gospels, the four mm -hmm. gospels that tell the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, most of that material is storytelling, right. where Jesus is actually reaching into our lives through the gift of story. And then we actually get to finish the story in our own way. It's almost as if he says, well, here's a situation that you may recognize and you may be able to find yourself in the story. Here's how my version turned out. How's your version going to turn out? Oh, wow. So he gives us a lot of freedom. There's a British poet, W.H. Auden, who said, you can't tell people what to do. You can only give them parables. Oh, that's good. Isn't that lovely? That's lovely. Yeah. So it's a, it's trusting that if you just make that basic uh, appeal to the imagination or you instigate it, we have the ability to work it through on our own. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation with a piano student the other day about how um, the books are always better than the movies that are made from the books. Yes. Yep. Um, and I think there's something about how our imagination, how we shape a story right. becomes very precious to us. Absolutely. And so how we interpret these Bible stories becomes like part of who we are. And it would be interesting to see like if I made a movie from, from a gospel book and you made a movie from a gospel, I think they would right. look very different, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are part of our stories. Right. So they would each have their own meaning and mm -hmm. relevance. Um, part of the attraction of this connection for me between endurance and imagination, uh, I think came about because I, one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible takes place in the book of the prophet Ezekiel. So Ezekiel lived during a very difficult time. He lived during exile and he imagines or he has this experience. It's hard to tell whether he's imagining it mm -hmm. uh, or whether this is an experience that he actually has. But he has this moment that he describes when he's brought out um, by God to this vast, empty plain. Mm -hmm. And as he looks around, there's nothing but skeleton. Whoa. It's, a, it's a very eerie, dramatic mm -hmm. scene. And apparently it, the, the valley is just full of these skeletons. And God, who's with Ezekiel, asks him to look out and, and he asks him a question, mortal, can these bones live? So talk about a question that taps the imagination. Goodness. And Ezekiel, you know, is looking at this deathly experience and he says, well, only you know the, the answer to that, right? Only you know this, so mm -hmm. Lord. And so step by step, God invites him to mm -hmm. say the words which bring the skeletons back to life. Oh. So there's a rattling that takes place <laughs> and then the muscles and the sinews all come on bit by bit. And finally, these, you know, these beings are given the breath of life. And it's through Ezekiel. And Ezekiel it's Ezekiel says that the words. Happens. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I think it, part of the message of that story is that it, in a sense, it's a parable about the people of Israel mm -hmm. who are in exile mm -hmm. and feel lifeless, right? Feel like so much has been lost. And here is someone who's placed in the middle of them, who's going to come back and bring a message to say, no, you're not. You know, you can live again and God's breath is here and it's in our midst. And it just made me think about the times in our own lives as we look around the world where we, we might feel that something is beyond reclamation. Mm -hmm. It can't be redeemed. Uh, it's completely and totally impossible. Mm -hmm. It's in those situations where we are placed from time to time and then we are asked, so can this situation become new again? And I think the answer to that is, it can, but maybe it first has to begin in the imagination. 
It sounds like the invisible through thread between endurance and imagination is hope. Right. Yeah. Like that is mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the, that we can, that we can imagine a more hopeful future and that we can use hope to endure mm -hmm. and that imagination can, um, empower us to endure and enlighten and enrich the endurance experience a little bit. Yeah. I love that Leslie, because there are so many ways in which imagination can be utilized to bring harm, mm -hmm. right? Or uh, in a sense to disable people's capacity for love and life. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely endurance and imagination harnessed to the spirit of hope. It makes me think of a line that Archbishop Desmond Tutu once said, so he died recently. He was such a great leader. Uh, when there was racial apartheid in South Africa, he was one of its primary opponents and helped to see that country through. I'm sure there were times when he thought, you know, he must have wondered whether there was any hope. But when someone asked him once, so how do you stay involved in this when for so long you haven't seen any, seen any change? And he said, I'm a prisoner of hope. <laughs> That's such a great phrase. So I think that probably when Archbishop Desmond Tutu put his head on the pillow at night, he was dreaming of a day when people of various skin colors would unite and interact and enjoy the common life together in mm -hmm. South Africa. It was his imagination that kept him pulling forward. I'm almost certain that that would have been the case. Yeah. So that can be the case for us too. We've got this great inborn capacity to imagine. And to tap it is to give us the endurance that we need to make hope real. We wish you all a great week of imagining uh, and enduring. <laughs> and enduring. Yes, indeed. And thank you for joining us this week on Round Hill Radio. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church.